Welcome to the podcast where relationships, confidence, and determination all converge into an amazing heartfelt experience. This is Speaking from the Heart. Welcome back to episode number 90 of Speaking from the Heart. And today we have Michelle Vandepass with us. She is an accomplished professional who captivates with her empowering message and unwavering support. As a seasoned author, speaker, and coach, she has a wealth of experience and profound insights into publishing, online marketing, and living with a purpose. Michelle lives in the mountains of Colorado, where she lives with her family. Forty goldfish and the occasional mountain lion or bear. Oh my! Michelle is often walking through nature thinking of new ways to help her clients live their most authentically successful lives and also grounding herself in the beauty of the world around her, whether at home or through her travels. And I think in this episode today, in which we talk about a variety of different subjects relating to an inspiration and encouragement and just taking that big step forward, although it's very small in the big scheme of things, it can make such a big difference in the wins that we have in our lives, let alone the things that we share. Not only that is on our hearts, but also in the books that we publish, the things that we do for ourselves to make sure that we have that hero's journey, which we talk about, but also never letting that story die within ourselves. I think that we often go through life thinking that we have to have this driven purpose time and time again. But Michelle's story, let alone her experiences working with others from all around the country, has really shown her purpose and her ability to drive forward. I think that we have to figure out a way, if we ever are going to get through some of the biggest, toughest struggles in our lives, to get to that other side, we have to be open to the vast amount of possibilities that exist. But with that, let's go to the episode. All right, we're here from Michelle Vandepass. Michelle, thanks for sharing your heart with us today. Oh, heart to heart. I can't wait. I can't wait either. And I've really been super excited about this. You're like one of those idols of people that I am striving to be one day. So like, <laughs> I'm really been like giddy about this whole entire thing. So thank you so much for being part of the show. I really want to ask you this first question out of the fact that I am a coach. I've been doing coaching now for a little over a year. What got you into becoming a coach in the first place? Wow, great question. I don't know that with life in general, there's never just a direct line, right? It's yeah. never a direct line. So yeah. I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I had a business where I was selling medical equipment and two holistic practitioners like chiropractors and nutritionists and so forth. And what I discovered is they are all so good at what they did, but they had no idea how to take this equipment and market it to help their practice. So I started coaching them on marketing. And as they say, the rest is history. It evolved. This is like 40 years ago almost, right? 30 something years ago. I'm showing my age. But all of that was really coaching. It was consulting. It was coaching. It was helping them with marketing. And so I've been doing this in one form or another ever since my late 20s. Do you still enjoy doing what you're doing today with coaching? Do you feel like you are making a big impact? I feel like sometimes I make an impact. Sometimes I feel like I shout into the wind. And I don't know that it's my job to judge that. 
I think I show up and do what I do, as you say, with full heart, right? I show up, I do what I do. The people that can use it, use it. And I show up the next day and do it again. And some people take it, other people don't. And it's not my job to discern why or why not. Yeah. And I think that it is important for anybody that is going through some sort of program or even just trying to evaluate where to go in their own life that we take a step back and maybe listen to some of those things that are being said, because those could be some of the building blocks for what we build, which I actually want to lead into this because it's one of the things that I wanted to talk about with you, which is really living your purpose. And I I was wondering if you could share a little bit about what you mean by living your purpose. What does that mean for you? Well, it definitely does not mean chasing it because I spent 30 years chasing purpose. I chased it so much I ended up writing a book about (laughs) chasing purpose and how not to chase it. And really, purpose is about living and being and not about doing. So we think our purpose is being a podcaster, being a book publisher, being a coach, being a nurse, and that's our purpose. But actually, our purposes are more verbs like inspire, heal, nurture, share, love. And so when you think about the verb, so if you're a podcaster or a coach, what is it that you do? Do you teach? Do you nurture? Do you love? Do you listen? What are the words that come to your mind about which pieces of of those verbs resonate and then bring that into your daily life, bring that into your being instead of always out there doing. And the more you can be in that, the more you are in your purpose. But some people are natural healers. Some people are natural teachers. Not everybody is, right? So you're going to have unique verbs that speak to you and living your purpose. Yeah. And I think it is really important to find those verbs because we often live with negative verbs. And I've even shared with my audience numerous times about the fact that for a long period, it's really been about, oh, these are the stereotype thoughts that I should have. But really, it's about exploring maybe what new verbs would look like, too, in my own life of being able to help others, be able to heal others. So I think it's so important for all those things to be happening all at once, which as a coach, you talk about really empowering that mindset and giving success principles with that. I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit with how you run that, especially in your own life, even your businesses for that matter. Well, light always overcomes dark, right? So when you're talking, I presume about like negative self-talk or whatever verbs you have that are negative, I can't think what those would be, but like run, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But the light and the positive always outshines the darkness. And so even when we don't feel empowered or courageous, when we can give ourselves a small win, it will help us be in that space. I'll give you an example. I tell some of my clients to get on podcasts and they freak out. They get full of fear. I say, go find someone that doesn't have a guest yet. Who's just starting and be their first guest. And the two of you go do it together and you will both be like, Hey, we did it. Right. And it'll be a win for both of you. And when you do that, you're like, okay, I did that. Now I can go do another one. So we need small wins to overcome all that self-doubt. So mindset and being empowered is giving yourself permission to have small wins. We don't all hit it out of the park making six figures in 90 days or whatever they tell you online that you're supposed to do. Whatever your small win is, go do that and pat yourself on the back and celebrate it. 
one of the coaches online that I follow sometimes talks about having one foot in gratitude for exactly where you are and the other foot in desire for where you want to go. And I love that, right? You've got to be okay with where you are and so totally grateful and have vision for where you want to go in life. And so the mindset and the coaching that I do is all around that, all around bringing your purpose into your business. If you're an entrepreneur or I think, you know, I'm a book publisher, so I publish lots of books. And how do you bring your purpose into your messaging and your books and then your business and promote all of that? It's all interconnected for me. Empowerment, purpose, all of it. It's all interconnected in the humanness of who we are. Sometimes finding those values, like even the verbs that we're using to be able to create that, sometimes they're buried underneath all these layers of our culture or the negative thoughts that sometimes surround us. So it's almost like sometimes being able to meditate to go through that thought process. And I know starting out as a coach myself, which I don't hold a candle to what you have accomplished, Michelle, yet, but I am going to do that. And that's just what I think we always have to say to ourselves. And I think you put it so accurately. It's about having that baby step or baby steps to get to where that is. And I've had many baby steps starting out. Well, and I still have baby steps. Right. And let me remind you that I probably have a few decades on you, (laughs) but there are also plenty of coaches 30 years younger than me that are doing amazing things and are really great. So it's not age, but sometimes it's experience. Sometimes it is an innate ability to do one thing better over another. Right. And there's all different kinds of coaching. And so you probably haven't even found your best stride yet because you're fairly new to it. I definitely agree with you with that is really finding my identity and being able to do that. But you just said something that really perked my curiosity because you've been doing this for decades, but you said that you're also doing baby steps. So I'm kind of curious just to be a little bit vulnerable with everybody. What is it that you're currently working on right now to kind of expand or make you feel like you're growing? Well, I'm going through a little bit of a rebrand and we're in the era of TikTok, and I'm not an online dancer or, or anything. So I'm trying to figure out how I fit there. So it's not necessarily a baby step, but I am trying to be true to who I am and who my audience isn't expecting me to be dancing on TikTok, right? So it's not per se a baby step, but it is kind of going into new territory, rebranding a little bit, pivoting a little bit and choosing how to show up in a new way and still being who I am. I think the world we're in right now means every day is learning. Every day is showing up, expecting maybe a little, maybe adversity or chaos. You know, my internet's down at home. Luckily, I don't work from home full time. I do sometimes, but my internet's down and it's probably going to be down for a couple of weeks and there's not a dang thing I can do about it. Right. And that seems to be sort of the way of the world. And it's slightly different than what you're talking about, but it's still about just being with what is and fixing what you can and having a good attitude and putting one foot in front of the other. And as my daughter says, sometimes getting out of bed is a good day. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say that it is sometimes just a struggle just to get out of bed and be able to say, yes, is going to be a bright wonderful day although it's pouring rain outside and you also have to drive into the office or whatever the case might be to do what you need to do 
And I do think this is a case. So I find it interesting. I think there's also different generations handle this differently, right? So me being without internet is a pain in the butt, but I can do it. My 20-year-olds at home are not as happy, <laughs> right? Because we also live in the boonies. We live out in the wilderness. We don't have cell service where we are. So we're basically dead. Yeah. Are, right? I and I have to rely sometimes on the being in the boonies too. Not so much though, because I'm kind of in a metropolitan kind of area, but sometimes certain spots, rural areas, because Pennsylvania is really known for a lot right. of these rural areas, still right. have that. I'm kind of curious, because now you've mentioned about your children and you've seen the evolution of this, especially with the decades of experience that you have. What would you say, especially in the world that we live in today, what do you think is one of the top things, one of the biggest challenges for people, especially when they come to you for coaching. What is the one thing that you would say is something that people are looking for to get help with? Yes, I'm going to break that up into two answers. The people that come to me for coaching tend to be a little bit older, have had some adversity or something in their life. And I know I have something to share. How do I share that? And my job is to help them be fearless not worry about how it's going to be received out there. If they have something to share, go ahead and share it on a podcast or in writing, in a book. And you can always refine it as you move forward, but you got to just start, right? And so be fearless, just start. Don't worry about how it's going to be received. Don't worry about are people going to like it or not like it or all that kind of self-doubt that comes from having expectation about what other people think. The second half of that question though, is what I think the world really needs and what I think humanity really needs is the ability to be bored because that helps us tap into our creativity. And that's a piece that I think is really difficult for a lot of people to just be bored, be out in nature, be without internet, be without anything, just sit on the park bench and look around because that's where we can really tap into the depths of who we are and be creative and we need new creative solutions moving forward in life. So the combination of those two things, tapping into your own creativity and being fearless with who you are is really what my coaching is about. You say something that really resonates with me is the fact that we had a lot of time, aka boredom, during COVID. And yeah. that's why I find it so fascinating, especially some friends of mine that have opened businesses, gone into ventures. I feel like I kind of started a little bit later after COVID, but I still started with it because I had that idea planted of wanting to start something that would help others. And Speaking of helping others, I know that you are involved with the book publishing business. More specifically, I know that you're involved with Grace Light Press. I think you own that, correct? Yeah, Grace Point, Grace Light, and some other Empower Press, quite a few different ones, yeah. How did you get into the book industry and publishing? Yeah. If we go back to what I said about I was consulting holistic practitioners and helping them learn how to market, so fast forward a couple of decades, right? And I wrote a book about it, how to market, how holistic practitioners can market. This was still 25 years ago, 26 years ago. So back then, the no Amazon, Vanity Press, the whole thing. 
but I used it to help me share my message with the people that I was consulting with and with the people that I thought needed to hear it, how they could go market themselves. And in that process, I learned a lot about book publishing. And I started helping some of my clients then go create their own books. And then I've been in that business now for 25 years. Of course, that's changed a lot, right? Because this is way back when you actually got boxes and boxes of books delivered to your garage. <laughs> I think I still have a box somewhere. <laughs> and then now you can get 20 books delivered to your garage, not 10,000. So a whole different model, but it did evolve from that. And I have consulting where I help people self-publish. We do hybrid publishing. We do all the different models of publishing that's out there because there's not one broad stroke that's right for everybody. I've had plenty of authors on the show, especially a good friend of mine. His name is Dan Armstrong. He's published several books in which I've had the opportunity to talk with him about how he's even got started. And I think it's just so fascinating to me that so many people nowadays can simply go and self-publish themselves with a phenomenal fee and be able to distribute widely. But I think it's so important, though, like you said, there's so many different ways of doing it. And modeling that is so important, especially with what you're doing and what you're trying to sell. So when you're working with an author, let's just say that there's somebody like me that approaches you and says, hey, I have this self-help book that yeah. I want to get published out there. What would you recommend as a model for somebody? And I'm sure there's probably some people that are probably interested in this answer because they've been thinking about it for a long time. Yeah. So congratulations to your friend. <laughs> and yes. I work with a lot of people who self-publish and then the books don't do anything. Mm -hmm. And so for someone who has a book, especially that is tied up with something that they want to use kind of as a business card, like they're building their business or they want to go speak or bring people into their podcast or show themselves as an expert in the field, right? For whatever reason, you really got to make sure it's a book. Number one, that's going to get read. It's going to get good reviews, has a great cover, has good interior design understand how distribution works and doesn't work anymore understands how to get your audience to buy your book so for that person i would say hire me for consulting to take you through all those steps right it may be that we would actually publish your book for a fee and then you keep royalties or most of the royalties right there's all kinds of models out there but really the place that I see people put out a pretty good book, but fall down is they didn't test the keywords. They didn't test the cover. They fell in love with the cover or fell in love with some picture and put that on the cover. And that's not exactly what's going to sell. So there's some marketing research that has to happen. What goes on the back cover is just as important as what goes on the front cover, those kinds of things. And so we consult with lots of people who want to publish a book or self-publish book and relaunch books, people who put out books and they haven't done as well as they'd hoped. And then we come in and refresh and relaunch the book. I like that you actually go swooping in. It's like, oh, yes, I need you to help me out. And you do all that awesome creative work because, yeah, it is about not only what you're branding yourself for, but also what is going to be the end product even after the book is done too. Right. And I don't think anybody really thinks that out. 
Is there a certain number of steps that people should think about when they're writing that book, even after that book is written? Should they be thinking about the marketing? What are some things that they should be considering, if you don't mind So at the very, very beginning, like if you just have an idea, you should not think of any of that because it'll stop you at the writing process. The very first stage, you just got to get words on paper, think about what you want to say, do an outline. Don't worry at all about what you're putting on paper because you'll self-edit and that's not the stage. The second stage is, okay, what do I really want my reader to take away? Who is my reader going to be? What do I put in this book to help my reader? And then the natural outreach of that is how do I find that reader? What's the marketing going to be? And it may be things like podcasts, social media, email lists, book signings, speaking, could be all kinds of things, right? There's three stages. That first stage, you don't think about it. Second stage, you start to think about it. And then by the time you go into publishing, everything should be connected in that marketing for maximum impact, including do you have an opt-in? Do you have a website? What's your book cover look like? Are you doing a course along with the book or a retreat? Are you going to use it to help you get on podcasts? Whatever it is, right? So kind of three stages to think about. I think those are all valuable tips. I know I was writing them down as we were going through them because that's really helpful even for me as I continue to build out myself because I think that we're not just thinking about what we need to do in the short term, especially even business leaders. We need to be thinking about the short term, but we also need to be thinking what's the long-term vision with that. So even with books, like that's so important. Books often get forgotten the authors and the readers, you know, they forget after two or three months and it sort of sits. And so we work with authors to relaunch and refocus on their book a couple times a year, maybe, and do a new push on it. I definitely don't want it collecting dust. That's for right. sure. Right. Yeah. So Michelle, as we get closer to the end of our time, I really want to talk about your public speaking career because I, being a public speaker myself, I'm budding and I'm really trying to get myself out there. I noticed that you're a TEDx speaker. You've been on that stage several times. Everybody's pretty familiar with what TEDx is now that's evolved over the years. What is your keynote message that you usually give at TEDx? And even when you are giving your keynote, are there things that you would recommend to somebody that is going to be presenting, whether it's at TEDx or even the big TED stage, if you will? Yeah. Because I know there's a distinct difference, which if you want to talk about what the differences are from our listeners that don't know, feel free. Yeah. So TEDx is usually local and it's a licensing agreement, I think, right? Where it's someone local putting it on and TED itself is the big stage and to get invited onto TED, you got to be pretty big. So just to clarify, I've only been on TEDx once. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll go again. Oh, I think you have more than enough, Michelle, to be able to go again. (laughs) I was a TEDx speaker coach, so I was helping other people craft their message to be a speaker on TEDx. I got to say, too, just because I think you'll like this story, the night before I was supposed to be on TEDx delivering my speech, I was curled up in the ball telling my sister to call in sick that I wasn't going to do it, right? So I had to coach myself. And my sister had to basically kick me and dragging and screaming to show up and do it. And I paced like every, while everyone else was on stage. I was freaked out. I was so nervous, partly because I didn't get a coach and I wasn't really as prepared as I could have been, but also partly because I hadn't done something that big before. And of course it was fine. 
would I be better today than I was then? Of course, I'd be better today. Would I do it a little bit differently? Of course, but I did it. And it was a big win, not just a small win, right? But I thought you might like that story because it was excruciating the night before. I do. And I'll tell you this real quick. I had a friend of mine that did a TEDx in the Virginia area, and he went with his wife because his wife was also going to be on the TEDx stage. He accidentally fell. He broke his nose and he had a nosebleed. I swear to you, he made it and he did it. But the ironic twist to the whole story, they forgot to set it, the requirements up for the stage in a proper manner. So they had to go back and re-record the whole entire showcase. It was wow. It was just a crazy amount of different things happening all at once. So right. I've heard stories for sure. Absolutely. Lots of stories. I think the biggest thing that people, and probably myself included, right? Because we teach what we need to learn. But I think really not thinking through your speech and making sure that it has a beginning, a middle, and end, maybe a hero's journey and a real specific takeaway for the audience. And then practice it, practice, practice. And then don't memorize it. Just practice it. you got to know your material inside and out. And... The mistake that I see is people think they can just wing it. And yes, you and I are winging this podcast interview, but I know my <laughs> material inside and out. I've done this for a long time. You can ask me anything, right? And so I feel pretty confident in giving an answer. And I think on any big stage, you have to know your material the point that you want to get across and do it in a succinct manner so you don't lose your audience. Those are some of the very famous words that I even say to some of my public speaking clients too, being that I've been trained for over a decade in Toastmasters, learning that craft so well and hoping to get into the National Speakers Association as my next step, which is what I should really be at this point so that I know how to market myself, which is right. you never knew that difference. Most people don't know that difference. That right. Yeah, that National Speaker Association, if, for those that are listening, if you want to market yourself, learn how to market yourself, you go to those. If you want to learn how to actually give a speech and deliver effectively, go to Toastmasters. I'll put links to both of those organizations in the episode notes if you want to check the, both of those out, which I've been an advocate for Toastmasters for many years as a result. Michelle, we're getting closer to the end of our time, but there's something that stood out to me that I really want to ask you about. You have this mantra of don't let your book die inside of you. And that really resonates with me since we were just talking about publishing and talking about what are some tips for authors. What would you say to somebody that might be afraid of that book dying inside of them? Yeah. What yeah. would you say to someone to kind of get them to start moving right. in that process of being able to share it before that happens? Yeah. And I see it all the time. People get halfway through a manuscript and get scared or they don't think they're scared. They just think they don't know what to say or they're not good writers or whatever. Right. And they never finish it. If you've got something in your heart that wants you to get a book out, then you got to finish it. And so I do all kinds of things. I beat with wet noodles. I cheerlead. I threaten. I drag. I pull. Everybody needs a slightly different approach, but I would say don't write thinking about who's going to read it yet. You will think about that when you go into editing stage. And the biggest thing that people stop, I read a manuscript today that was brilliant. It's taken this guy a long time to get me 100 pages. He finally did. I'm like, this is amazing. 
And he's like, well, I was so afraid it wouldn't be good. I was so afraid to send it to you. And I'm like, who cares? That's what editing is for, mm -hmm. right? I mean, even you've talked about editing yes. on podcasts, uh, don't, right? don't, don't worry. I'll be editing this show. Right? That's what <laughs> editing is for. Don't worry about it. And that's what stops people. They're so afraid of, oh, I don't want to throw Uncle Joe under the bus. Oh, I'm afraid about what my mother's going to say. What if my boss finds out I really believe this? Don't worry about any of that because that's what stops people dead in the water. They get partway through their manuscript and they hit the difficult part and they don't know how to say it, that it's going to be well received. And I'm saying, don't worry about it being well received. Just write it. We'll edit it out later. We'll fix it later. Just write it. Yes. It's always important to just write it all out and we can go through it and edit it. It's just like it is for speaking. We just yeah. write your outline. Even if you have to write verbatim, we'll start with that. We'll take care of that, but we'll make it so that you seem natural and eloquent. But that editing process is so important, and I'm really glad that you touched upon that because I have lived in a life that I don't want my book to die inside of me. So I'm passionate about what I'm wanting to do, and I want to keep doing the good things. And even if I make mistakes, I know that those mistakes are going to make me better because – Michelle, I'll tell you, I have made plenty of those. And some of my <laughs> listeners that have known me for many, many, many years know that for a fact. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Michelle, I really appreciate you being on the show. I want to give you the last few minutes. Can you share how people can reach out to you if they're interested? Maybe they have a manuscript that they want you to review. Maybe they want to work with you in your coaching. Can you just give us a few details maybe about your business as a recap and also how they can reach out to you? Yeah, the easiest way is I've got a kind of a catch-all website. It's michellecoaches.com. It's Michelle with two L's, michellecoaches.com. It links over to my publishing site. It links with different ways to connect with me. You can even just book a call with me 20 minutes and we'll chat and see whether there's any kind of mutual interest in working together or not, right? I'm pretty low key about all of this. I do have a manuscript review and I've also got a course that'll help you outline your book in an hour. So I've got all kinds of things for people at all levels. And really what I love to do is help other people live their purpose and get their message out in the way that's right and best for them. I find that funny that you say living their best purpose because I talk about learning how to use your voice. And I use voice yeah. in quotation marks in this changing world. And it's really about not only the things that we say, but the things that we do that are really Yeah, important. right. Yeah. Michelle, I have to tell you, like I said, I was really excited to do this interview because you're a very accomplished lady. You have done so much. It's one of those things that I look at some of the most successful people. I even think of people in my world of Toastmasters like Ed Tate, Les Brown, even John Maxwell, like right, even, right. all those people. Old school. Yeah, old yes. Old school. But they are definitely what have set the standard, but has allowed me to realize that, yes, they had their legendary times, but also we have, as many coaches do, their legendary times too. keep on building and rising. And I love the fact that you are adapting to that and being vulnerable, sharing, yeah, technology, TikTok, I don't know about that, but you are still pursuing that and you're helping so many people. So for all those reasons, Michelle, thank you so much for being on Speaking from the Heart. It was really a privilege to talk to you today. Thank you. I really want to thank Michelle again for allowing me to interview her and be part of the show. 
she is one of those people that I am looking forward to becoming and I know that I'm already becoming as a result of exposing myself to people that have walked the walk and have talked the talk. I think that we often have all these different types of people in our lives that we look up to to help us understand and create not just those opportunities, which yet again, we have another episode we're talking about opportunities, but it helps us to also get that framework that if many people have done this, we are able to do just the same. And I think Michelle's story today, let alone all these valuable points that she shared, should be something that you should put on your playlist and at least listen to once again. Because we have to shout to the wind that we have these opportunities to inspire, heal, nurture, and share, as she's talked about. You have to be able to overcome the things that are needed in order to become that best person that you always wanted to be. Here we are. We're talking about being that best person. And we always talk about this, and we always say that this guest or that guest have all these great qualities. But what does that mean for me, Josh? How do I use that to my benefit listening to all these different people and their different perspectives? Well, we can go all the way back to the very first episode with Chris Hulse, and we can start to take notes on all these different people that have been able to overcome and live those opportunities, despite the struggles or the animosities or even the businesses that they have formed to create that value for others. But it all started with just a small win, a small curiosity, a small little inkling of being able to move forward. And that's all it takes, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever want to create that opportunity in your life, is just to have a little bit of curiosity and persistence to pursue that, to be able to lean into that interest so that you have that opportunity to have those small wins. But you have to be able to fix the things in your life that allow you to do such a thing. Which is why rebranding yourself, which I've seen plenty of my friends and even some very guests that I've had on this show in the past, rebrand themselves and be able to take that first step forward out of the fear, persecution, and the freedom that they really want to live in their lives. Michelle is no different. She's been able to do the same thing and she's been able to help so many different people, not only in the publishing industry, not only in the things that she will leverage her legacy in, not only in the entrepreneurial spirit that she has living in Colorado, but allows you to know that no matter what kind of fear that you might have, you have to live a fearless life in order to achieve them. That is so good to hear, especially from me, sometimes living in that fear. And it's funny because 89 episodes ago, I was living exactly that fear. Now, what do you mean by that, Josh? You're living in that fear. I didn't know what to expect from this podcast. I didn't know what to expect from my business when I was just about five months in when I started speaking from the heart. And I had to do a lot of homework, not only on myself, but on what I really needed to do to overcome the fear of maybe putting myself out there for the first time, to be a little bit more vulnerable than I have ever been, to be open, to be able to express myself in ways that I never thought I could ever express. 
Sure, we've talked about in a lot of my earlier episodes about Toastmasters and how that really helped me to overcome, to really show what that journey has been all about, to be able to use, as Michelle put it in today's episode, her why. But it's not enough to just know your why, and it's not just enough to just keep saying to yourself, if I just have the right keyword, if I just have the right social media post, if I have just the right sphere of influence, I will be able to do what I need to do. Because those are all external things. You need to look internally to not only the opportunities that you have, but what you have already gained in your life. And I am so thankful that when this all comes to fruition for myself, when this whole new reality is born, that I will be living a life just like Michelle Vidapis's. That is something that we can all achieve. No matter what kind of background, no matter what kind of situation, no matter what kind of circumstances were presented to you. But it's about knowing what your homework is. Knowing what you need to do to study up for it. Let's go back to the fact that 89 episodes ago, I was really afraid of what I would ultimately become. And I think that even now, as I sit here and reflect on it, and I'm less than 10 episodes away now from sharing with you the exciting 100th episode of this program that I've been doing for almost a year, that I have finally realized why Michelle said the phrase that she did. Don't let your book die inside of you. I have learned that I don't want to let my book die inside of me. Because if I let that go, if I don't give myself that grace and that opportunity to share with you these exciting adventures that I've had in my life of learning so much about myself and learning with others, let alone the opportunity to be able to outline what I need to do to achieve that success, I think that I would be very disappointed in myself. And it's funny because I have a client right now that has been talking about how to write that book for themselves. And we've been batting around those ideas. But it never came to my mind that it was actually something that I needed to hear as well. We have to be able to learn to lean on what is not just in our hearts, but we need to create that material that surrounds ourselves in becoming not just that best version of ourselves, as I preached on this show, not just those relationships that we need to form, not just that interest of creating that determination and that confidence that we have, but it's about what we can do with all those great things. So enough about me. What about you? What are you doing today to create that best value in your life? Are you walking around the mountains of Colorado to be able to do such a thing? Are you creating those opportunities day in and day out by leading an authentic life, whether that's in business, whether that's in your profession, let alone in your personal life? What are you doing to leave a lasting legacy and leading your purpose? Your children are important, but that's not just enough, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to you being able to create that opportunity. You have to live it for yourself. Nobody else will give you that responsibility to do it 
unless you empower yourself to do just that. And I think Michelle's testimony today really speaks to the fact and the importance of being able to live in that purpose. No matter if you have 40 goldfish or all kinds of other animals surrounding you, you have to be able to live for yourself. And if you're not living for yourself, who are you living for? And I know that for many of us, we have different answers to that question. Who are we actually living for? A long time ago, in one of my episodes, I talked about The Lighthouse, which that episode is still available if you want to check it out. It's one of my earlier episodes in which I discuss what was my real purpose in being part of this world, even after I tried to commit suicide. But one of the things that I have learned, even through this journey, as I approach my 100th episode, and even talking with Michelle today, and even being part of this adventure that I've been on with opening my business, is that it isn't just about the people that you interact with. It isn't just about the things that you do to run your business. It isn't just about the things that you do to take care of yourself. It's about what you can be in that hero's journey format that can create those opportunities, those exciting adventures, those authentic purposes that we're all trying to seek out. The question is really back on you. What are you doing today to create that opportunity? Not just for yourself, but for others as well. What are you doing today to live that purpose-filled life? Even if you don't want to hire a coach, even if you don't want to hire me as a coach, and you've been listening to this episode, and you've been listening to all other 89 episodes, and you're still asking yourself that question of what you need to do today, I think that to Michelle's testimony and what she has shared about not letting your book die is something that should give you great ponderance, great pause in your life to think about what you can do to not just do your homework, to not just live on a keyword or a social media post or the next TikTok sensation. It's about just having that small win. And if you can have that small win, if you can just empower yourself to create that opportunity that you never thought possible, I think that you are living a life not just purpose-filled, not just creating that opportunity of a lifetime, but you're definitely creating something that is worth living for. And I know that you are worth it. You've always been worth it. And I know that your purpose is just beginning. Thanks for listening to episode number 90 of Speaking from the Heart. And I look forward to hearing from your heart very soon. Thanks for listening. For more information about our podcast and future shows, search for Speaking from the Heart to subscribe and be notified wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit us at www.yourspeakingvoice.biz for more information about potential services that can help you create the best version of yourself. See you next time.